Welcome to episode 307 of Destination Linux. Destination Linux is a video podcast from the Tux Digital Network. And if you're new to the show, this is a podcast that is perfect for all experience levels. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Michael. I'm Jill. And I'm Ryan. And on this week's episode of Destination Linux, we're going to be discussing open source projects that we are going to be taking on in 2023. Then we'll discuss Budgie and Sway getting official for Fedora and so much more. We also have our tips, tricks, and software picks, all of this and much more coming up right now on Destination Linux. So this week's community feedback comes from Easy Ice. I wonder if that's his real name, Easy Ice, or their real name, Easy Ice. Maybe. I'm going if with you, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you want to send in your own feedback, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash contact, get in touch, and send us an email or join our forum. We're also on Discord. So if you want to hang out and game with the community, chat about Linux, go to tuxdigital.com slash Discord to get started there. Easy Ice goes on to say, I've been wanting to write you for a while now. I'm new to Linux and have started listening to your podcast, Destination Linux. I just want to say thank you for the time and effort that you've put in. I came to Linux for security and freedom reasons. I'm in no way a maximalist. I believe in using the tool that best suits you at the given moment. In that regard, you are the only podcast out there that makes the Linux ecosystem bearable because you do not disparage, discriminate against people like me that want to use Linux but culturally do not fit in the Linux ecosystem. You're kind, welcoming, and wish others would see the real added value you guys have and be more like you. All the best, and God bless Easy Ice, a friend for life. Definitely a friend Aww, for life. Thank yes. you. Love you, Easy Ice. That is fantastic <laughs> feedback. Thank you so yeah. much for that. Uh, also, I feel like it wasn't mean enough towards Ryan. So there's what? a little. Wait, it could be improved <laughs> a little bit. We're enjoying this moment, Michael. We we're having oh, this sorry. moment. Well, I mean, you know, like our, our previous messages, and we, we always expected it to be a little bit mean to Ryan, and this one wasn't at all. Aww. So I was just kind of like, it just it just threw me for a little bit, you know. Being that I select the feedback that goes into the notes, being mean <laughs> to Michael is a short way you'll get into a show. No, but really. Easy Eyes, uh, thank you for taking the time to send this. It really has been a, a goal that we set, that we all three talked about, that we mm -hmm. wanted to make this a podcast that was welcome to everybody, whether you use Linux part-time, whether you're wanting to learn about Linux, whether you're a full-time diehard, that this is a show you could listen to and get value from it. And while we always try to stick to open source options, they're not the only options out there. Sometimes the best tool for the job happens to be something that is closed source. And sometimes it's in another operating system. It's not our favorite thing to talk about, but it's just a reality of it. You got to use the right tools for the right job. And I love that we have people like you out there because I was just saw in the news today, uh, I have a news feed and it pulls in some of the Reddit stuff from Linux. And somebody was talking about, I love Linux, but the community is too toxic towards it. And Aww. kind of too diehard was kind of their message that mm. people just go into such an extreme with it. I think a lot of that's passion and a lot of that comes from the fact, and, and this is just me guessing as somebody who's newer than everybody else into Linux, that the Linux before you had to really battle the argument that Linux was a better choice than Windows or Mac OS or everything else with all the driver issues and everything you had deal deal with, with gaming or even video editing, you had to constantly kind of be in a protective combat mode with Linux. Whereas today it's kind of just taken itself off by storm and there's no need to be so protective over it anymore or be so diehard with it because it's really something that's just ultra popular at this moment. I mean, when I walk around with my Linux shirts, I have people stop me and like, yeah, Linux, that never happened like five years ago when I started yeah. in the Linux world. So <laughs> that's true. But I love that we have people like you in the audience. I hope we get a bunch more people like you. So tell your friends Easy Ice, because if they're friends with you, they're like you. So we want more of them. And they're probably in the ice tray. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> cool name, by the way. You got to let yeah. us know the history of how your parents named you Easy Ice. So Yes, absolutely. Because it also makes me think like maybe it's just a pseudonym for water, because ice be. is usually hard. <laughs> it's Easy yeah. Ice. Yeah. Yeah. And Easy Ice, thank you for, you know, so much for your kind words. And we love, you know, the casual Linux users as well. So you don't have to be a diehard. And, you know, like Ryan was saying, so so many people are, you know, hearing about Linux on the on the internet, in the news, and they just wanna mm -hmm. wanna try it out, whether they've been used to, you know, Windows or a Mac OS. And we need to welcome everyone. That's just that's 
that's what we're trying to do is welcome everyone. I, I do want to say that one of my favorite sayings is leave every person that you've met better off for having known you. And if you kind of go back through the history of this show, I don't think we were always had this as a goal to be as welcoming and things. And Jill has made us all better for having known her. And I yes. think a lot of her influence is why this show has gotten to the point that it has. So huge thank you to you, Jill. Absolutely. For like, being on this show and making us better people. Well, Michael, at least I was. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think Jill a added that element that we def we definitely needed to, you 100%. know, especially with the the fact of, you know, being more open to people and making it show that this this podcast is about being welcoming, then who better to have on the show than Jill, right? Yep, oh, 100%. <laughs> you know what else makes us better people or you're better off for having known them? Bitwarden. You're better nice. off for having known Bitwarden. And this episode is brought to you by the amazing people over at Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash tux. Listen, there's a lot of stuff in the news right now about other password managers that were claiming things that weren't true. And this is why we talk about the importance of open source, because you can go and verify and see is the encryption at the levels that you want it to be. Are third-party auditors coming in on a regular basis and actually looking through the code? And is the company making those changes? That's the kind of transparency that you get with a company like Bitwarden and why we've been recommending them for so long. A password manager is software that should allow you to have peace of mind. These other ones, not so much. Bitwarden, I have that peace of mind. This is the software that I use to know my online accounts are safe and secure, and they provide you the tools to store all your passwords in a secure vault, auto-generate those passwords and usernames, and even automatically fill that in for you, which just makes it so much easier when you're setting up new computers, PCs. Speaking of that, you can have it on everything. You can have it on your mobile device, you can have it in your terminal if you want, apps in Linux, Mac, Windows, whatever you want, you can have Bitwarden there for you. Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data. And this is the important part with end-to-end -end encryption before it ever leaves your device. So you know you're the only person with access to your data. You can also go for their premium account, which is just like $10 per year. $10 per year. That's the way inflation is. That's less than a single value meal, practically. $10 per year and you get a gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator, Priority Customer Support, and so much more. I mean it. Go right now. You need to go right now to bitwarden.com slash tux. That's T-U-X and use this as your password manager. We had someone, Michael, recently say, well, it's too much work, and I've been with this other one so long, and then like 80 breaches have happened in the last three weeks. I'm like, I bet they wish they would have gone ahead and done the work to switch over, but Bitwarden also has tools for that to help you migrate your accounts over. So thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode yes. of Destination Linux. Yeah. So it's a new year, Michael. We have all Is kinds it? of hopes and dreams. Yes, we do. Yeah. I mean, I have a, a couple. A couple of hopes and dreams. <laughs> a couple, Michael, yeah. is one of your hopes and dreams by chance not to fall and hit your lip on the countertop? That is oh. my, that's my new year resolution. Uh, I've already oh, failed okay, it. Good. I've already uh, failed it. For those who don't know, Michael, before the show fell, it was a horrible was situation. Sad. I felt terrible. I immediately called him. Sent a, he immediately sure he sent was me a okay. gift laughing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Maybe that was it. <laughs> but the, the key is this year... We're going to have a, an amazing year that's going to be better than the prior years that we've had. That's what I keep hoping. I mean, hoping so far, anyways. it's not working out for me. No, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. But I, 2023 is going to be amazing, people. Let's put it out there in the universe. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about is all the projects that we have planned for this amazing year. Like, what are some of the Linux and open source projects that we want to get into uh, around our homes and get involved in it and share with you guys in the community as well our progress on those. I'm also going to set up a discourse thread. So I would love for you all to go to our discourse and share some of the cool projects that you want to get involved in. We have so many in just our creators, like projects that Wendy does with the robotics and AI and things. We talk about hardware addicts, the things that Nathan does on Linux Out Loud. Uh, just amazing projects from around the crew but I want to hear about all the cool projects you guys are doing as well. And also give us feedback. When we're talking about some of these projects we want to do, I would rather you come in and be like, 
Ryan, don't do that. I've spent a million years trying to figure that out. And then I found this one software application that allows me to do it in 10 seconds or something like that. Like help us uh, avoid the school of hard knocks on this. Uh, even though we're experienced, amazing minds, we don't know everything. Amazing minds. Amazing minds. Some people say, <laughs> one person said, I you, said it to at myself. At least you can hear it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this is a big, the first project I want to talk about is just, it's it's a major kind of annoyance thing for me that I've been dealing with for several years now. Well, since my kids were born. And that is, I have terabytes, practically. Well, it's probably not full terabytes, but close to terabytes of photos of my kids. Mm. Most of it, my wife takes pictures of everything they do. Like everything they do is amazing. I have a couple pictures of the big moments of their life, but she has everything. You know, they took their 693rd set step or they took their 800 sip of soda, all of that stuff I've got pictures for. She snaps a bajillion pictures. The point is that I, you know, through phone swaps and upgrades and changing computers and everything else, I have what I would call a disorganized disaster of backups for all of this sitting on a Synology NAS. Mm. And I have folders that are basically just like document folders from computers that I've just pulled over there with no organization of the photos. I have phones when you get in my network range, automatically upload photos to my Synology NAS and they just go wherever because sometimes I set it up to go to this folder and sometimes another folder. The point is lots of pictures, complete random mess. I need to somehow figure out a way to get all of this stuff organized. So... I have some ideas because one of the things in Linux that we have a lot of, Wendy would know more than all of us, of course, on is kind of photo management software. And I was doing some research on this to kind of help figure out through metadata tagging and other things, how to create a system to organize all of these photos, not just what I have, but also all the new stuff coming in as well. And Digicam actually has, there's an ability I saw uh, in one of these threads talking about getting Digicam installed on the Synology NAS, basically through the CLI of the Synology and using that to kind of go in and start organizing all the photos that are sitting there in that that's Synology cool. NAS. So Great. Great that's idea. one way I'm thinking about doing it, but I know I'm not the only one with this problem that has endless digital photos that you can't lose. You know, they're, they're precious memories and things, but you got to figure out how to organize them. I do have one option for you. You What's could that? go into your folder of your, your NAS and then manually categorize everything. It'd only take you about seven months. Yeah. So you could do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind at of least funny it's you an say option. that. I have tried doing that at times where I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit here for a few hours and I get through like a gig or two of photos and I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'll come back to it the it next was, day. And then it's yeah, overwhelming. And then a year later, yeah. you put on your goals yeah. to do again. I mean, I, I think I need a solution for dealing with all the new photos. That's kind of the first. I do thing have I a do solution for that, but I don't have it in terms of like the NAS being pulled automatically to it. But if you looked into Rapid Photo Downloader, that it has like when it does the download to the to the drive, it has an automatic uh, labeling and categorization feature. Oh, nice. um, so it could put it in certain folders. It could also give it a certain file name and be consistent over. You know, basically, you know, based on days or who's in the photo and things like that. So that is an option, but I don't know how it would work with a NAS implementation. So it, it, I, the only way I've ever used it is when Wendy told us about it on Hardware Addicts, and it allows you to, to connect your camera to your computer and pull for directly from the camera. But if you're doing it from your phone and doing it through like a Wi-Fi upload, I don't know how it would work there. But it might be worth something looking at. Yeah, rapid photo downloader. So I'll check that out and see what we can do. And I think a lot of it has to do with metadata as well, like being able to embed yes. good metadata into these yeah. photos, which is not like an option you typically get when you're just randomly have a, a system that just moves like rsync or whatever photos over. I'm sure you could create an rsync script that kind of does it, but you, that seems to require some intelligence or some AI behind the scenes running to be able to detect, hey, this is a face of a kid. Let's put it in a kid's folder. This is a face of an adult. Let's put it there. So when you look at things like Google Photos and stuff like that, not that I'm recommending it, but they deploy that AI to organize your stuff. And I kind of would love something like that that I could do with my photos, you know, where it could automatically start moving and sorting them. So that would be cool. Community, let me know what options I might have there, but that's definitely something I want to 
take on this year. Michael, what about you? Well, first of all, I do want to say that uh, Digicam is a great piece of software that's made by the KD team. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> you also, had to mention the KD part of that? <laughs> yeah, it kind of <laughs> did. The uh, I kind of wanted to piggyback on your project because I want to do that too. I have so much, but most of it's more in video form, not really in the audio or the, the photo form. I have tons of video from this show and uh, other shows that we do and all the videos that I make. I have so much that I basically run out of storage every single week to the point where we had to put it on the checklist to remind me to make sure I have space right. on my drive. Yeah. So that's that, that's the problem I have to deal with. So it's, it's similar, but it's um, a lot more data to deal with because it's in video form. And I don't think that there even is like a video management software like that. But if there is, please let me know in the comments because that, like, that would be awesome. Uh, the other thing I wanted to do <laughs> is like this is my main goal. That's not that's actually from me and not just copying Ryan. Uh, I have I want to implement a new policy for upgrading my machines. And for yes. those who are not <laughs> for those who are not familiar, my process of upgrading my machines or my policy <laughs> for it is to not. Yeah. But he stability. sits here on the show and tells everybody, hey, you need to upgrade. He knows the importance of it. I but do. He's so afraid something will break before the show, which is a legitimate, legitimate yeah, concern. Absolutely. That you don't upgrade all the time because you need to keep things super, super stable because there's so much complexity to the show. But what I don't understand, Michael, is that I'll distro hop an hour before the show. I'll change desktop environment. That worked out so 20 well minutes last before week. the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> well. the best policy. It worked either. perfectly. I'm on so, the exact opposite side of you. You are. Yeah. Yeah. You are. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny because I upgrade very, I, I, I change my system very rarely, but I also upgrade not so often. And Ryan changes his system. Like sometimes I'll just say, what are you on now? And it's a whole different other distro. Like, I have yeah. a problem. Yeah, it's an issue. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because I do. Hopper's anonymous. Yes, <laughs> uh, I do have a, a a policy of not wanting to upgrade my system just for the make sure everything's stable for the recording, and then I also do so many recordings per week that I just it's an excuse that just never stops being an excuse. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm going to implement a new policy of upgrading at least once a month. Or maybe soon, maybe more often than that, I but at least once a mm, month. I think that, that's good. Once that's a month reasonable. is decent. Yeah. yeah. Unless there's a major security flaw that gets discovered, and then you may have to break your one month thing. But other than that, it's better than the one year or two years yeah. or four years <laughs> that you're on now. So we'll it's take not, it. We'll no, take it's it, not. Michael. It is not two years or even one year. It might be one year. Might be one. <laughs> Closer to eight months. <laughs> I've uh, I've updated packages, you know, specific packages that wouldn't work unless I updated them. And I've updated flat packs. I think you can set up, we talked about this, you can set up automation scripts that will automatically do the upgrades for you and reboot your machine. I think to force you this not to become just a habit, but Uh-oh. something you actually accomplish. You <laughs> set a date, not on a Sunday, in which the updates automatically apply once a month. And it reboots your computer and you just, you know, deal with it from there. I think it's going to be more often than not, the machine will just start updating and then reboot itself and remind me of the Windows problem Yeah, <laughs> than anything <right>. else. <laughs> because you have other drives that you have other distros on. So you could always yes. have another drive that's kind of not updated in case one of the updates breaks and things like that. So I mean, I, I do have a drive for that, but um, this is my main drive. And it shouldn't have the same policy. So I'm going to be implementing it on the main drive. But I will have a, a secondary you know, backup just in case. Nice. Unlike well, that, Ryan, who will that's good. never have a backup, apparently. No, just run with it. <laughs> I actually Caution do the, the same. The same uh, I always have, uh, I've got actually uh, four NVMe drives in this computer. And uh, I've got uh, different distros on each of them. Uh, mm-hmm. For the different networks I podcast on, because I have different needs <laughs> for different networks, and you know, for the other one I'm on, I've got to have a low latency kernel and jack and and all that good stuff. So I keep that that separate from my one here on Destination Linux. <laughs> it's a smart move. I mean, it, yeah. it's what's interesting is with the type of work that we're doing here. You know, anything could mess up from OBS. A change could mess up all the scenes. 
yeah. that Michael set up all the way through audio issues is a big one, of course, mm -hmm. or video issues or camera interfaces, like anything that's slightly changed could really mess up our ability to do the show. Like it, see, know, now I you're just you saying all it for think me. Just yeah. this, this show, you see it and you go, my gosh, it's professional. Well, maybe. Yeah. Oh, but Michael. it is professional to <laughs> a point. It is, it is on a very fragile surface of ice that can easily be fractured with just the littlest change. So you know the oh. the whole um that whole the XKCD where it talks about like all this giant like monstrosity of servers and companies and stuff depending on this one little tiny thing that's barely holding everything up. Yeah. I feel like that's updating for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, Michael, yeah. but I, I, I hear you. I am uh, right now on Ubuntu LTS for that reason, because I, I know that it works. My audio is recording. My camera works beautiful. And you have so much other to deal with, with the OBS scenes and everything. So I completely... Plus, maintaining uh, windows and all that stuff. You've got. That's everybody. <laughs> Jill, tell it's us everybody. about your project for this year. Oh, boy. So my project is Scale 20X Planning the Southern California Linux Expo coming up the beginning of March. Yep. And it's our planning for Destination Linux and the Tech Digital Network with Michael and Ryan. And honestly, I usually spend three or four months doing this, sometimes up to a year ahead of time. I've actually started collecting, doing some things a year ahead of time from the last, wow. actually from the previous scale, preparing for the next scale. <laughs> I have a new item There's for so me, Michael. I want to preparing be organized for things. like Jill. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was thinking the whole exact same thing. She's talking about preparing a year in advance. And like, I barely really? do three days sometimes. <laughs> three minutes. Three yeah, minutes, it, too. That's also for, true. For instance, I'm setting up uh, running the Linux Chicks of Los Angeles booth again at Scale 20X. And I've already you know, started uh, collecting things we need for our projects and what we're going to be doing at the booth. So yeah. now <laughs> I, you're going to make sure it. that our booth is a little more exciting than the other, ah, booth, right? Yeah. Just, slight, just slightly. Little, See, that's why we need there. to start planning now. <laughs> so. By planning, we're allowing you, we want to give you the full yes. authority to plan for us. We're, we're letting you just have all the creativity you want yes. with this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do bosses a lot. We are. We could do a live show at our booth. There we go. Yes. yes that would be amazing. <laughs> I like how Jill's one, like both of ours are kind of selfish, Michael. And Jill's is like, I'm giving back to the community through convention. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I want to help move on. I just kind of noticed that. That's, that's real. I think I might need to change my next one. Yeah. Aww. Mine's about giving back to yeah. helping people. Oh, yes, well, you're helping exactly. your wife, Ryan, and your first uh, goal. Thank you, Jill. You're so. right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, once we have the information for the photo management, which I assume a lot of people will want, we'll put it in the show notes. And there we'll you help go. Help the world. We'll exactly. Save the world of the photo disaster. You're right. And my other goal is to get getting to more Linux and open source events and conventions again since the pandemic. Pandemic. I've I've done scale every time we've had scale, but since the pandemic, most of the Linux events and meetups haven't been going on, and now they're starting to open up. So I'm looking forward to at least going to a new um, event, uh, open source event, once a month. And um, I used to do that for years. <laughs> oh, they're so, so much fun! And yeah, you know, I had an event <laughs> that I used to hold here. Michael attended it a couple. Of times yeah, well. you had meetups. Uh, Linux yeah. Ninja would help us set it up Lux. in the community. We we were able to get space from him. It was really nice. It was very fun. Um, things kind of fell apart, and then the pandemic happened, pandemic. and yeah. yeah. So now we're trying to, you know, I'm at I'm in that point now where I'm thinking like it would be fun to get back with people again. Of course, I'm about to move, so. Probably not going to happen <laughs> in this area, but I do miss those kind of small events. And when Michael would come down, it was kind of a fun thing to do, too, to take him there and be like, look, it's Michael. And people would be like, oh, look, it's Michael. Well, they'd Aww. look up and go, look, it's Michael, because he's really tall. But that, you guys, yeah, that's kind of You guys are awesome that you had your own lugs. I have the Linux Chicks Los Angeles lug. Hey, there's something we all have in common. We've had lugs. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. actually so thinking about bringing back my lug as well in my area. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, for those uh, new Linux users to Destination Linux, a lug is actually a short term for Linux user group. 
You know, I wish you were around, Jill, when I was learning Linux before I ever joined a podcast. (laughs) I used to listen to these podcasts and it just sounded like when they talk about Linux and language. Mm -hmm. And eventually, like, there would be pieces. If you ever saw 13th Warrior, there's this moment where he's sitting with the other barbarians and they're speaking another language. And every once in a while, he catches a word he understands. That was me listening to Linux podcasts for a long time. Like, I felt like I was surrounded by people who are speaking a different language. But the next yeah. thing that I want to do, you know, this kind of actually fits with the community feedback that we got in a way. I've been playing a lot with 4K video. Michael's like, why? And it's a good point. Why? I don't know. But it's I just cool. want to. Yeah. But it is so, a lot of effort and it's mm-hmm. also a lot of, effort, a lot of and rendering time. and A lot of rendering, a lot of space. Most people don't watch it in 4K anyway on YouTube yeah. and stuff. So. But that doesn't stop me. Because I'm a shoot from the hip kind of person. <laughs> and I've been playing a lot with DaVinci Resolve. And I, I love Caden Live. We talked about that in a prior show just recently about how amazing it is and how far it's come along. But there's just some things in DaVinci that you're not going to get anywhere else. Things in DaVinci, frankly, you're not going to get in Adobe or other stuff. And technically it works in Linux, but not really works in Linux. Yeah. I, exactly. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it works the- with a specific set of configuration options like yeah. you have a particular <laughs> distro that it'll work but you also have to have a specific hardware to make it work and if you don't have the right combination it might work but you're really just rolling the dice mm-hmm. yeah i i've i actually had a lot of frustration with this in the linux community because a lot of people would do videos on linux and be like okay let's install davinci resolve it wouldn't work in their video and they were new people to linux and be like oh see this is why i can't use linux but a lot of it has to do with DaVinci, even in their notes, specify, I think, CentOS back in the they, day it was. They, on, mm-hmm. they only support Red Hat's, uh, Red Hat. the Red Hat family, and CentOS was the easiest one to recommend in that case. Yeah. But they, they, you can now do it for any of the, Red, of the Red Hat family. There's also some ways to make it work on Ubuntu, and uh, there's, totally. there's like a project made for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And there, there are ways to do it, but the, the NVIDIA part is the biggest hurdle. Yeah, yes. it is. Yeah, so... DaVinci basically has this thing where if you have an NVIDIA card, then all of the GPU acceleration and stuff works flawlessly. Mm -hmm. If you have an AMD card, uh, good luck on getting that stuff to work really well. So this is kind of one of the, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to transition to NVIDIA, even though I really don't want to. We got to talk about this in hardware addicts, but what's happening with GPUs right now, both AMD and NVIDIA is just horrific with this new lineup yeah. but uh, i'm going to transition to nvidia probably one of their older models not the latest one so i don't have uh power cables being blown out and things but um i'm going to do that and then i'm also probably going to move away from my synology and just get mm. a four base storage solution accessible through a vpn that i set up or tunneling for my files to stay on and then i want to set it up so that my sony camera which I record the 4K footage on, especially the B-roll and also the video on me here, uh, it will automatically send that video over to one of my main machines and I use it as a render farm basically for all my computers. So I'll do the editing on any of my machines and send it to the render farm or main machine, my mini beast to render it out and then not have all that work being taxed onto a laptop. So Sony uses a tool called Play Memories to create its connection to basically set up on your network and send that data over your network to a computer. Is my understanding in doing some research that Play Memories essentially just kind of captures the initial IP address and some additional information so that it has that connection. And that's kind of all it does, but it's this barrier to being able to make that connection happen. So I've seen some people have actually figured out ways to get play memories to work with Linux, either by mm. kind of a little bit of hackery in the background to send that data that the camera needs through an app or through the CLI. And there's some people who have done other solutions. So I'm gonna play with those, see which one works. But the idea is basically create a render mm. farm. I can edit on any machine and then have a farm, uh, my main machine, uh, render that stuff out. That would be great. And have all my videos in 4K for apparently, according to Michael, no reason at all other than my own giggles. It's nice. <laughs> it's it'll be future proof. So there you go. Yeah. In the future, yes. when 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 4K is prominent on YouTube, then it will matter. Right now, it's not, but it's okay. I, yeah. I respect your uh, uh, insistence on doing it. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do this. Jill, you have yeah. a lot of experience with oh, yeah. and things. <laughs> now, DaVinci has this built in. They actually have with a cloud. tool yeah. that allows you to send uh, your files into a render farm in the cloud. And I yeah. think they have some local, I haven't played with it, but I thought they had some local setup stuff you could do too. Um, yes. This will be fun to play with uh, and learn. Yeah, uh, traditionally, when I've always needed to use uh, Render Farm, like here at the house for my animation projects and and rendering out videos, is is that you would render, you know, a, like maybe like a minute clip on one machine and a minute clip on another, and that's mm -hmm. particular uh, with both. Uh, video editing software and animation software. So <laughs> that's one way to do it if you have a lot of machines, but they have to be kind of high powered machines <laughs> yeah, to, for that to it. work properly. <laughs> yeah, That's a good point. I guess what I'm doing technically isn't a render farm. It's a sending my work to a rendering machine and rendering it out. I don't know yeah. if it's a farm Like what, what they kind of call rendering the cloud now. Yeah, okay. But maybe I'll get multiple mini bees if Michael yeah. approves the uh, purchase order, <laughs> and then I can have a bunch no. of I can have a real <laughs> render farm for 8K and 16K. That's a great idea. No, no, oh, no. All right, we'll we're not a coin on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you Michael, use, you can use your I've, singular barn. I've done 16K your, instead of your farm, and it's not fun. I had to do it in the 90s. <laughs> Oh, that, that sounds terrible. With hundreds of external uh, SCSI hard drives and SciQuest drives. Oh, yeah. I feel like that could be an episode in itself. Yeah. Jill telling the story of how she rendered 16K in the 90s. They didn't even yeah. knew what 16K was back then. That's they had nothing to, to play it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anything could play it. Yeah, yeah, it was for a project I was doing for uh, big projections on skyscrapers. Oh, so, wow. Incredible. Yeah. I want to I learn more about that. Um, we might have to do a whole episode on that alone. Michael, what's another thing you want to get done this year? Okay, so I've decided to start learning. I started it last year towards the end of the year, but I started learning about more cloud-related things. So like, things like Kubernetes, Ansible, Vagrant, DRBD, LinStore, and a lot more stuff. So I've been researching all of these types of things because I just wanted to, you know... In this show, we kind of focus more on the desktop side and the overall community side and just the average user side. And I wanted to add an, an extra element to like more server things and enterprise things just to add an extra value to the show. So I started learning more about the cloud. And I have to say, this is super complicated stuff. Like yeah. as someone who's been in the Linux world for 20 years, I have a lot of experience and it still makes me go, Oh, this is a lot. <laughs> What's interesting is I started doing the same thing, uh, not as quite as complex projects as you, but when I'm doing this and I have a specific project in mind, I tend mm -hmm. to be able That's to get best way. through it. Whereas if I go in there and just take a course on Docker and Kubernetes and I'm just like listening to it, I start to like fade off and want to fall asleep. And I have to have a project to have my hands on. So but I agree with you, learning Docker, learning Kubernetes, Ansible, all of these things are just amazing pieces to invest your time in, not only personally, but for careers and stuff. A lot of people oh, yeah. wanting to get into Linux as their career, you're learning these tools. It's definitely something that's gonna be valuable to you in the future. I think it's awesome. I can't wait for you to bring some of that knowledge back to us, that backup yeah. knowledge. We're so that, proud, That's the Michael. goal. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Jim. Well, I'm not really proud of. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Ryan. He hasn't taught us anything yet. I mean, I mean, it's like it's it's a little head of the game, Jill. He's getting endorphins <laughs> for no reason because he hasn't taught us anything yet. So it's gonna happen. Don't worry. It's gonna it happen. will happen. Yeah. Okay, Jill, give us your final project you want to work on this year. Yeah. So I want to work on preparations for my vintage computer, yeah. hardware museum, and studio being built in my backyard. <laughs> It's very smart. It's, it's a slow process, but I, I am working on it and trying to organize. And, you know, we got to get the contractors over. It's just, it's it's been a lot of work. Um, and part of that is, is I want to show off my um, hardware museum to people. And I can't right now because it's stored in the garage. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have some pieces in here, of course, in my uh, my studio. But I want a place where I can show that off and actually have a little museum for when 
someday when Michael and Ryan come to my house, I can show them my museum. You're going to let us come over there and uh, turn on all the computers? <laughs> yeah. We'll be like little kids just flipping switches everywhere and see what they do. It would be so much yeah. fun. I love that you're spending time in the hardware I'll just be in museum. awe the whole time. <laughs> the reason why I said it's really smart for you to do this, Jill, is as ChatGPT grows and takes over the world and Skynet becomes our new overlords and they come to destroy humankind, but they see you have a museum dedicated to computers and electronics, and they, they'll they probably spare you. Yes, they save Jill. <laughs> yeah. It's very smart. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is something I actually have to kind of do because I'm, I am working from home both with uh, my uh, teaching and with uh, podcasting here on Destination Linux. And I want to, you know, or we're working on, me and my hubby are working on remodeling the house. And Very I nice. have to have somewhere to work <laughs> so we can yeah. remodel the house. And it's, yeah, I love it's it. difficult. <laughs> so I got I to gotta make a studio. <laughs> Well, very cool. Well, there you have it. Those are the projects that are at top of mind. There will be many projects throughout the year we'll talk yeah. about. Those are the ones on the top of our mind at the beginning of this year. And if you have some tips and tricks and some of the things we talked about, if you've gone through the pain of setting up your own museum, maybe learning Kubernetes or doing storage with photo management, let us know in the discourse or shoot us an email. Give us some tips. We talk about Tux Digital every now and then on the show, like we mentioned in the intro and also in the outro, but are you aware of just how much great content is on Tux Digital Network? We have the Pseudo Show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, GameSphere, and also the Linux Saloon, and so much more content. So go to tuxdigital.com to check out all the great content. We have podcasts, we have YouTube videos, so much more. So check it out. Make sure to go to tuxdigital.com to see the full, like the full por portfolio, the catalog oh, of the greatness, the plenty, mm -hmm. yes, of what we have available to you. Because it's not just this show, it's not just This Week in Linux, it's all of it. And there is so much great content. And you also can join the community when you're there by going to tuxdigital.com slash community and becoming part of the overall ecosystem that is Tux Digital. You know, when I look at this, though, I go, this week in Linux, why would I listen to that? Maybe I don't know what that is. That's your weekly news source, folks. That and then is. you've got the pseudo show. We talked about bringing some more enterprise and cloud stuff into our show. Go to the pseudo show, and you're going to get a whole mega load of all of that awesomeness there on if the If you don't want to wait for our show to have that, definitely check out the yeah. pseudo show, because that's, I mean, that's what it's for. That's what it's for. You got my channel, which is kind of about privacy and technology, all kinds of different things that I'm experimenting with in, in YouTube. And you need to punch that subscribe button in the face when you go there. Then you go to Linux Out Loud and you've got the whole crew there talking about all kinds of things happening in Linux. Very similar to this show, but I kind of view it as like more, even more casual and fun. And they talk about projects they're working on. And sometimes they take things from this show and talk about them there as well. Then you've got Hardware Addicts. I mean, this is where you get to learn about NVIDIA, GPUs, CPUs, things going on in the whole computer world, uh, everything hardware related there. You got GameSphere, you can watch Matt game every week and the Linux group, Linux user group, which is a virtual lug. This is your entryway. If you're one of those people like, hey, I don't go out a whole lot. I don't know how to interact with other Linux people. What am I gonna say? Practice in this Linux saloon. Nate does an amazing job with this. Everybody's welcome. It's virtual. You don't even have to turn on your webcam. You can just kind of lurk for a while if you want. It gets you used to the audiences there. We have so much on this network. What an amazing network. I'm not biased at all. Absolutely yeah. Absolutely not. Just because we own it doesn't mean that we're biased. That's yeah. not how that works. It's just because the content is so fantastic. It's and you so mentioned, cool. yeah, you mentioned how there's a weekly news show, but it's also your weekly source for Linux GNU's. Uh, yes. so <laughs> that. There we go. Speaking of Michael, there is something in the GNU's this week we're going to cover on this show. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. let's get into that right now. So it's official. We have some new Fedora spins that we're excited about, especially with the new Budgie version. And we also have the Sway version for those who like i3 but don't use Wayland. And these are becoming for Fedora 38, like yeah, like Ryan is pointing to himself, yeah, yeah. yes. I3, yes. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. awesome because they have the official stamp of approval for Fedora, and this is a very big deal for a lot of reasons. The biggest reason is that you know that if they're going to have an official 
uh, stamp of approval, it also means that there's going to be continued work by the community in the Fedora t project in order to make sure that it happens because they can't become official suspends unless there's someone who's there to commit to doing that work, which is fantastic. Cause it's like, you know, when you have some distributions have access to certain packages, but you don't know if they're actually optimized or, you know, if they're maintained very well, cause they just might've just put them in there and then never touch them again. In this case with the official spin, you, you do know for sure. And I also wanted to say, that the Fedora Budgie team is being uh, being made by the Budgie developers, and which is really good because the Joshua Strobel, who's one of the lead developers of Budgie, mm -hmm. is a part of the team for Fedora Budgie and is also a friend of the show. And yeah, absolutely, I, I requested yeah. that the Fedora Budgie project have a different name, maybe a code name, <laughs> and he agreed to it. So it's not officially recognized this, but I just wanted to put it out there and say. If you want to, you can. It's not officially recognized this, but it, occasionally you might want to call it Fudgy. Yes. Yeah, so cute. So cute. <laughs> I think Josh Trouble approves, Michael. Yeah. He does. I, I requested so specifically for him to do it and call it Fudgy. Yeah. And he yeah. said, well, probably not going to do that, but maybe as like a nickname or something. Yeah, that's right. Well, I haven't played as much in Sway. It's kind of the Wayland version of i3. I've, I've pretty much been in i3 the whole time. And as the i3 prodigy, I must say, I'm very excited about that being there. Oh, yeah. But Budgie is just so, I mean, I3, we can all agree in Sway, that that's kind of a passion project where kind of like Vim and other things, it's going to take a minute to learn, yeah. do your configurations. They're very cool, but you got Amazing what you could mm. do with it, but you've got to invest some time in it. Yeah. Uh, whereas Budgie is an out-of-the-box, like, amazing experience. What a beautiful, beautiful mm. desktop environment. They've done amazing things with it. And I adore Fedora. And having those two together, I think that's just brilliant. I, I love this news here. Yeah, I was so happy also because Budgie is one of our favorite desktops here at Destination Linux for both laptop and desktop. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I rock it on several laptops. I just love Budgie and it works great on both for both both uh, aspect ratios and form factors. It's really yeah. great. I also we, think that Budgie is a fantastic desktop environment for beginners to Linux. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. So to have a Fedora version for that is a great thing because it means that Fedora could even be more beginner-friendly yeah, in that sense. beginner-friendly. Yeah, true, Michael. Yeah. Now, technically, before this was an official spin, you could go and install Budgie and things in that. Sure. And I think Joshua was doing some work there. But like to your point earlier, Michael, the, the key is that all your configurations and things when it's official spin are going to be there. You don't have to worry about things yeah. breaking and not working and stuff, which I've dealt with because I'm one of those people, surprise Michael, that goes and installs random desktops on their machine randomly. Really? So, yeah, I've I never know, heard of this from you. <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, they don't oh. work correctly in certain distros because they're not official and it creates problems and all that stuff. And then there's so like issues with the audio that you have to deal with and then the yeah, show is it, late for recording. It that, happened that's never like happened one, happened two, before, three, last four. Week. Five times, maybe max, that I've done that. This six, year. Or seven. <laughs> uh, additionally, you got Budgie 10.7 that's coming out. So nice. this was originally slated to be released last year, but it's coming out this year. And they want to take some additional time looking through the newsletter and things to put some polish on it. And that's always welcome in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. with Budgie, because you expect so much polish with Budgie. So that's, to me, take that extra time. And they are. So some of the cool things you can look forward to, well, the one that really caught my attention, switcheroo control. Naturally, yeah. Michael, switcheroo, the name? I, I love mean, the name of this. <laughs> I, I mean, such I, a great name. I love the name because if you add it to GPU switcheroo, uh, it's so good. It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. but also fantastic. Well, I, I just wanted to say switcheroo really up front, but what they're doing is they're integrating switcheroo and things in there so that when you have a hybrid graphics situation, which a lot of laptops are doing that now, you'll have more handy ability to be able to switch between those and launch oh, your application in the GPU or not. But I just had to say switcheroo. I just had to say switcheroo. So for the onboard slash discrete GPU switch back and forth, this is what that's for. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yep. good. Yeah, good. so you don't have to run Prime now if you're running AMD and uh, uh, NVIDIA. <laughs> yeah, so. right. that, that is really good. <laughs> and I, I actually was supportive of this package being there just because its name is Switcheroo. Totally. But now that it's actually useful, I'm, I'm glad to it's even that. double double points there for being useful. You got yep, the Budgie exactly. screenshot tool. They've got quick access to Budgie Control Center, desktop settings, new power menu with suspend, hibernate, log out, and power off in there, all the usual things that you would expect. And Budgie has an app indicator tray 
<clears throat> Gnome. What? Woo-hoo. Yeah. That, <laughs> wh- you don't need that, Ryan. Why would yeah. you need an app indicator True. system, like our system True. tray? Like Good point. We, we've we've gone with ten years without it on gnome. We don't. I'm, it's proof. I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'll be also, checking I, out. I was, this I was being sarcastic for anybody who didn't know that. That's very important. Bring it back, gnome. <laughs> but so, it is great that this that they. I agree with you what you were saying about Budgie 10.7 being delayed a little bit to make sure everything is good to go because there's a lot of people who would make comments about oh this is delayed because they haven't you know put in the work or whatever. There's times where the package should be delayed because you want the thing that you're getting access to to be the best it possibly can be. Why would you want something that is anything less than that? You know? We want to do yeah. the thing that video games no developers no longer do. Oh, we're going to do early access. Yeah. <laughs> and like green light systems. We're going to do that yeah. for our podcast as well. So we're going to take like certain pieces of our show and then early access it. And it won't be done. It'll be like weird random elements of maybe Ryan, like part of the show, part of Ryan's camera will be there, but other parts will be kind of buggy and have artifacting and stuff like that. Right. I think this is a great idea, Ryan. Yep. Yep. I love it. Jill, speaking of mixing and matching parts together, oh, what yeah. is our game this week? Speaking of things you can do on the Budgie desktop, one is playing games. Woohoo! Yay! So the world is actually full of marvelous and amazing creatures. But what if you had the power to create creatures of your own? What kind Don't of give crazy mashups and features would you design? Well, let me tell you, Jill, <laughs> I would create a six foot tall bearded creature that trips every time it tries to walk oh, and hits no. its lip on a counter. That's the kind of creature see, I would create. See, that would that would have been a funny oh, joke if you were not wrong about my height. How dare you? <laughs> I am taller than that. We, Thank you. Six foot four ish. Yes, five ish. Yeah, four. somewhere in there. That's what I would create, Jill. Go on. Oh, okay. Just want to make it clear that this well, creature has well, to fall now. farther than normal. <laughs> Well, now you know no longer have to wonder what uh, crazy creatures you would like to create. Just buy yourself a copy of Creature Creator and get to work. And uh, make that neon and green striped slug with tentacle eyes that I enjoyed creating over the week. <laughs> Ooh, that's so you made it. Cool. So you made it like a you made it like a self portrait of Ryan. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, can we get a picture of the creature you created by chance, Jill? We could put in the show. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's not oh, very yeah, impressive. Cool. It was quick and dirty. Well, you know, yeah, it'll work. <laughs> it makes so, it even more fun, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, creature creator has over 196 very positive reviews, and will let you design your favorite stool-shaped monster with weak thumbs. Oh goodness! <laughs> for Michael. Oh no! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> or a noodle-armed, bearded i3 desktop wizard like Ryan. What's the with possibilities are endless. <laughs> Perfect. Unbelievable. <laughs> Perfect. You know, I think the community should go in there and create these two creatures we described and send us pictures in the discourse forum of the Absolutely. creatures. Here. Yeah, that would I would love amazing. to see what they, what they come up with. Yeah, yes. me too. A stool-shaped too. monster with weak thumbs. I mean, yeah. amazing. <laughs> so, this Well, also game... the noodle-armed bearded i3 wizard. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Please, please, all our patrons and viewers, go go create and send those in on our discourse forum. <laughs> Love it. Or email. So uh, this game, honestly, is so fun, and it's so full of whimsy. And, you know, I'd been, I actually had been following the progress of this game as it is inspired by EA's game Spore and its mm. creature stage. And I love Spore. So this is... It's it it's just nice to have a, have a kind of a fork of of spore because there were some yeah. issues with spore. So and you remember how long it, for those of us in gaming how long it took spore <laughs> to develop yeah. and and get yeah. going. It was but announced it was, and then years later it finally yeah came out. <laughs> absolutely. So creature creator is you know so well done and it's really easy to build paint and play with your creatures. And collect body parts along the way. <laughs> My favorite thing to do, collect body parts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like the universal soldier. Yeah. So like I, my, yeah, I had, sure. 
had had my neon slug, and I found uh, I found a mouth that <laughs> I could put on it and and build build in the build tool a, a mouth on it. Although I didn't put a mouth on it, I just wanted a slug. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you create whatever you want, Jill. It's your yeah. imagination. Your exactly. imagination is the limit. Now, how much is an amazing yeah. game like this cost? Four hundred dollars? Five hundred dollars? Ten hundred dollars? Ninety nine cents on Steam, Ryan. Go uh, figure. It's awesome, and it supports our penguins out of the box. And even better, this project is actually open source and allows creators of all disciplines to contribute to the project and lets developers add creatures to their own commercial games. How wonderful is that? <laughs> Very cool. Love it. That is awesome. Yep. Creature creator, go check that out. And our software spotlight this week is Michael. Michael, you're the software spotlight because it's Aww. scum. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. The spotlight this uh. week is scum VM. <laughs> Do you have some old? Just so classic? you know, everyone, we are friends. Just to make it clear, yeah. <laughs> dear friends, I call him nearly every day, and we talk on the phone. And yesterday, yeah. I didn't answer because I knew he was going to call me scum today. Yes, he was, he was still bitter, but he's fine about it now. Now it's uh, fine. Yeah. Also, I just didn't see the phone call. Whatever. Yeah. Do you have some old but classic point-and-click adventure games that need to be dusted off, or you have some nostalgia for a specific game? One of mine is called Laser Squad. I spent this whole summer playing this. It's a click and point adventure. It's so weak now you could play it in a browser. But back then I had what I thought was a powerful computer, probably like a 386 or 486 to play it. But I absolutely loved this game, Laser Squad. It was just amazing. So games like that that you want to play, where that's where Scum VM comes in. It's a program that allows you to run a wide variety of the classical graphical point and click adventure games and role playing games, provided you already have the data files, of course. And the clever part about this is that ScumVM just replaces the executable that shipped with the game, allowing you to play them on your system no matter how they were designed, which is really cool. They have a library of games it works with, over 250. It supports classics published by Legendary Studios, LucasArts. I mean, they've made so yeah. many great games back in the day. Sierra Online, uh, Revolution uh, Software, Cyan Incorporated, Westwood Studios. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of uh, Red Alert there with oh, Westwood yeah, Studios. Alert. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many awesome titles. I mean, Blade Runner, Broken Sword, Mist, all of these things that you could check out. So Scum VM, go check it out. Oh, Monkey Island. Yay. I love yeah. playing Monkey Island on Scum. <laughs> <laughs> that stars Ryan. He's a... yeah. <laughs> we are friends. We are friends, people. Uh, the tip of the week this week. <laughs> so it's a new year, which means it's time for some maintenance. We talk about all the things we want to get done in the new year, but one thing you have to get done is keeping your PC well-maintained. It's time to dust out your machines and your servers. <laughs> I also need to do this part, yes, I'll frequently, more, much more frequently than I do. Update the software, also that's me too. Uh, check your ports and your connections. Uninstall no longer needed software. I need to do that too. Refresh some passwords in 2FA. I do that one. See, that's I'm, good. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> so our tip of the week is basically spring cleaning for your computer. And actually, come to think of it, why is spring cleaning even a thing? Stay with me for this second. Spring is one of the best times of the year. You know, why Beautiful waste outside. it? Yeah, why waste cleaning stuff? The beginning of the year when it's really cold, at least in our part of the world, so it makes sense to clean during that time. So we need to change it instead of spring cleaning. It's winter cleaning or new year cleaning, whatever you want to call it. I just, I know this is a side tangent, but I just wanted to it is kind you know, of dumb bring it up. To, to yeah, spend this is a all good point, Michael. <laughs> cleaning stuff during the spring, which is the time you should be outside. But I exactly. want to mention, like, you, you mentioned ports and connections, not just ports and connections on your computers, but those are oh, yeah, yeah. open checks of your firewall and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah, open yeah, ports yeah. and firewalls and things. Because a lot of times throughout the year, you're working on projects, you open up ports to get something to work. Sometimes you're really desperate to get things to work. So you open all ports. Maybe you forget about it. <laughs> you should not, not do that. Not that I'm speaking from experience. Don't do that. Uh, and then uh, you need to go back and close those. So it's a good yeah. time to go through the checklist and just make sure you got everything. This is why Ryan uh, distro hops because he opens the ports and then has to, has to fix it I don't all. know how to like, close yeah. them. I'll just get a new distro. 
And, yeah. and it's kind of funny. Initially, when I was reading Check Your Open Ports and Connections, I was thinking you need to un unplug your Ethernet Ethernoodles <laughs> and make sure there's no uh, dust bunnies in the holes. I mean, that's not I was actually I, thinking about the, the exactly the, the ports and the cables. That's what yeah. I thought you meant by that. Yeah. And now, uh, so now both. So the ports of your yeah. computer and also your operating system ports, your network well, ports. You know, it's interesting. You talk about connections and things. There's a lot of times where if, if you're like me and you're constantly getting new hardware, your cords aren't as managed as they should be. Let me just put it nicely like that. Um, but when you have all these cords tangling with each other and things like that, number one, yeah. it's a fire hazard and other things. So it is a good time to mess with your ports and connections and make sure things are managed to, to get that cleaned up as well. But I also saw a video the other day of someone that said one of those batteries for their drill or their lawn equipment, you know, the lithium ion batteries that they mm -hmm. plug in and you leave them on in your garage had exploded. Oh, the garage yeah, looked like a bomb went off. <gasps> that's scary, so, yeah. I mean... I guess this is a little outside of the show, but yeah, check all ports, connections, batteries, charging, other Everything things. Everything you leave yeah, connected, make batteries. sure it yeah. should be. Yeah, check take it batteries out. out of devices that you don't use that often. That, this show, that we is save a lives. Thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, you know, you know what? You know what, Ryan? This yeah. happened to me and my husband. He had, really? uh, yeah, he had a, a USB charger and it had fried and we were very lucky it didn't start a fire. Yep. I was scared. I was scared, nervous about that. <laughs> I had a similar situation. Yeah. I had one plugged in the wall over here and it was for charging a cheap piece of no brand kind of equipment I'd ordered on a whim. I don't remember what it was. It was just something yeah. nonsensical, but it was really inexpensive and I left it charged in thinking it would have the ability to, of course, stop the charge yeah. and it was full. And I came in in the morning and it was all brown and melted. The wire yes. had melted, but it it's didn't happened. catch fire. Very lucky. So definitely look at unplugging some of that yeah. stuff. But Michael, awesome tip. And we also have events we talked about. Creative Freedom Summit is a free online event. It's all about teaching and promoting open source creative tools. Topics will range from learning the ropes, discussing the value of owning your own workflow, so you can join them. Talks run through January 17th through the 29th. That's coming up here real soon. Get that on your calendar. And if you want to meet the DL crew, let's be honest, you want to meet Jill. We know. <laughs> but you got to talk to us first. It's the rule. You want to come to scale. You got to talk to Michael and me. You got to get our autograph. Then you can go talk to Jill and get the autograph you want. The 20th annual Southern California Linux Expo is taking place on March 9th through the 12th at the Pasadena Convention Center in, guess what? Pasadena, California. So yeah. convenient. Yeah. Pasadena. So Come yeah. hang out and have the best time of your life. Your life. Your life. Life-changing event. It Nothing is, will be better. You know, I, I'm not biased or anything, but I think it's the best Linux event of the year. Although they're all wonderful, but... It is because Jill's there, for sure. Yeah. It does make it better, yes. It does make it better. So a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. However you do it, we love your faces. We're here every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern live at tuxdigital.com slash live. But we haven't been here on Sunday lately. And let me tell you, it's Michael's fault. Not even joking. Totally Michael's fault. But we're going to get back no, on a Sunday No, it's Michael's schedule. fault this time. This Only time. this time. We took the a week time. off because of New Year's. Yeah, holiday. And we also took a week off in terms <laughs> of recording. You're blaming the holidays? Really, Michael? <laughs> no, it's well, because we were spending time with family. I'm blaming our family. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Last Sunday was New Year's Day, and the Sunday before was Christmas Day. So. so this one, this episode, we're not live, but the next episode, we probably will be live. This, we are planning yes. to be live next mm -hmm. episode, which will be the 15th. Not confusing at all. Yeah, yeah. the 15th. 15th-ish. Come join us live on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern. If you don't know what that means because you're in a different time zone, we're like kindred spirits because I don't know time zones either. Go on browser and look it up. And if you want to chat after the show, join us in Discord, tuxdigital.com slash Discord. Also, you can check out the unedited versions of the show, which especially when we're not doing the live versions, you're not able to get access to the unedited versions unless you become a patron. So you can become a patron by going to tuxdigital.com slash contribute, and you get access to see whatever ridiculousness that happens during the show that I edit out because typically Ryan says something just absurd that I have. Usually to me. Usually, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's me, but it's rare. That's mostly, mostly me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you can also join us in the patron-only post show, which happens every week when we're live, after the show, 
And go to tuxedos.com slash contribute to become a patron and get all these perks plus so much more because not in addition to getting perks for Destination Linux, you also get perks for This Week in Linux and a ton more. Uh, so just do that. Go to tuxedos.com slash contribute to find out all the great stuff you can get. Also, go to tuxedos.com slash store to get some great swag to like T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, Coasters, so much great stuff at touchdown.com. All those Visa gift cards you got for the holidays, oh, this yeah. is what you use them on right here. You get some awesome swag from the touchdigital.com slash store. <laughs> that would make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> if you did that. Aww. Yes, sure it would make me happy out. as well. Do that. <laughs> and make sure to check out all our wonderful shows here on Text Digital. We have the Pseudo Show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, GameSphere, and our virtual Linux user group, Linux Saloon. And make sure to head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all our wonderful shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. And also specifically, if your app has a rating system of one to five stars, we want you to leave a five-star rating. Five-star. You know, we, we, we mentioned <laughs> a rating in general, but specifically five stars. If you're going to leave five. a one, just don't. Yeah. Yeah, don't <laughs> leave a five. Yeah, don't five, buy. then go. Yeah, take your time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, everybody have a great week. And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Yeah. Actually, see you next week. See you yeah. Week. Supposedly. Well, planning to. Probably. We'll see. <laughs>